On this day, April 14th, 2000, the movie American Psycho hits the big screen. Today, on Pod This Day, we will tell you some fun facts about American Psycho, what we liked, what we didn't like, who got killed, who didn't get killed, and much, much more. We'll also have On Set with Matt McLaughlin, and we also have fun facts that also happened on April 14th. All right, Matt. How's it going? I'm doing well. How are you doing? Doing great. It's April 14th. I know. It's been a minute. How have you been? How are the? How's the kids? How's the wife? Oh, they're all good. I always make that joke, but that's like a legit question I can ask you. I know, right? <laughs> How is your fit? Fa- You're doing well? <laughs> yes, I am doing amazing. Excellent. And, uh, you know, it's uh, middle of su- uh, well, middle of spring. The yard's mm-hmm. looking meh. For an April 14th, it's doing pretty good. I'm excited. I'm getting to like a packed and busy time in my life. I, uh, I move in two days, so I'm looking forward to that. All right. Well, we will have to do an On This Day podcast for your move. Yeah. I'm sure everyone's going to want to know On This Day Matt, Matt McGlashan moved. moved. <laughs> he finally got back to a city. <laughs> yes. Well, 15 years from now, we will make sure that gets on the Oh, absolutely. I'll schedule it in yeah. now. We'll make sure it'll be, it's... Yeah. yeah, it'll be so nostalgic. It, it's a good throwback episode. <laughs> yes, very. All right. So, American Psycho was also released on April 14th in the year 2000. The new millennium. We were talking about this before, but it, it feels way too young that this movie was released in 2000. I know, like, and if you really think of Christian Bale, he don't, I mean, obviously you got Dark Knight, and uh, if you've ever seen The Machine, uh, what was it, The Machinist? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think that was the name of it, where he was, like, really skinny. He was, I mean, he is so young in all these early 2000 movies. Mm-hmm. He has, like, a and, totally different look. Like, he really... I found his look really similar to Willem Dafoe's and like obviously they're styled to look similar in the movie but like in general when he's younger he looks a lot like Willem Dafoe. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. As a as a young Willem Dafoe. That's probably why they cast him because he would look like a young Willem Dafoe. True. Was that one of the things they thought maybe okay we got Patrick Bateman, we got Willem Dafoe's character. Uh what was his name? Detective uh, he was, yeah, Donald Kimball, Detective yes. Donald Kimball. Like, do you think they're trying to make it seem like I, they he definitely... could have been the murderer? You know, he's like, that's his alter persona. See, how I read into it was I just figured they were casting for, like, a very specific type to try and create, like, this idealistic world. Of, like, this is, like, every guy in this world is, like, really well taken care of and super preserved and, like, yeah. I, yeah, I, that I, was kind of the big thing. I think that was the overarching like, thing. Yeah. yeah, yep, that was like the big thing. Everyone is Wall Street. Yes, and and if you work on Wall Street, you could possibly go insane very easily. Which I think you mm-hmm. think you can honestly. All right, so little synopsis for you guys. Um, in New York City, 1987, a handsome young urban professional, Patrick Bateman, played by Christian Bale, lives a second life as a gruesome serial killer by night. The cast is filled with the detective, played by William Dafoe, the fiancé, played by Reese Witherspoon, which she, she played it very well, mm-hmm. uh, the mit- uh, the mistress, Samantha Mathis, and co-worker, Jared Leto, which 
God. Jared Leto was also really good in this. Yeah. He's young. Young as all hell compared oh, God, to yeah. how he is now. Um, and sec- Secretary Chloe uh, Chloe Savini. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a biting, wary comedy examining the elements that make a man a monster. So, man, once again, 2000. I, I mean, I was still in high school when this movie came out. I didn't graduate high school until 2001. And I don't... Th- I can't remember seeing it. I don't think back in high school. I think I saw it like freshman year of college. Mm-hmm. I don't think. I think that's probably when it really kicked in for me to see it. I mean, I was eighteen, so it's not that I don't think I saw it in <laughs> the theaters. <laughs> I just can't remember if I saw it in theaters. It was so long ago. Yeah, I, I have a similar uh, situation. I don't know if I saw it in theaters because I was three, but I definitely <laughs> saw it when I started college. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I think a parent taking their kids to see this movie, you know, the, definitely this, might be bad. What is it? Stars and strollers? Did did y'all have that in the states? Like the no. bring your baby to a movie thing? Not really. Well, I mean, I guess outdoor movies. Oh, that was like a big the... staple in Canada. They had like these matinee showings of like just regular adult films. Like no one cared. It wasn't censored, but they like turned down the volume so the kids weren't as shocked. <laughs> oh my god. That was a real even, thing, yeah. But even blood and guts and go... Well, I mean, I guess you guys are so tame in Canada that Well, also, like, if you're dealing with, like, a toddler, you. they'll just never remember it. Or, or that, too, yes. <laughs> it's just color and shapes. <laughs> All right, so, American Psycho. From beginning to the end, you see, obviously, the transformation of Patrick Bateman. Mm-hmm. I mean, do you think you would go completely insane working on wall street i mean it seems like such a tough job and man he uh, was he's leaning there already at the start but like i it's weird because i see guys like that that like the the persona that he puts out there is a legit thing that you run into in business schools so like yeah i like having just recently graduated like you meet up with people like this that you're like wait a minute um you're just a little bit too polished here and a little bit too put together it, it it's a little unsettling having seen this movie and then and then interacting with those actual people in real life. <laughs> yep. I mean one of the biggest things in the movie there's a lot of like looking into it cuz American Psycho mm-hmm. was a book that was, you know, turned into this movie. So the adaptation from the director and the writers and everything obviously had a I personally I guess a different understanding of what he is what the yeah you know, the subject of it yep mm-hmm. obviously he is a complete psychopath <laughs> oh god yeah so yeah. i mean definitely from, the wall from, street pressure pushes him though yeah like I it, mean, it's, taking over i mean taking over paul allen's life yeah and and just trying to be someone completely different kind of starts him down the path of you know what if i'm someone else Maybe I'm not the one really doing the killings. This other person is doing it. Yeah, it's Paul Allen. I'm fine. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> no, it's definitely like one of those things that you, he he gets so dark. Like that, and that switch happens like very slowly at first, and then just completely off the rails very quickly. <laughs> yeah, one of the biggest things that that people did think about him in the movie is, you know, did he actually kill people? Oh, true. It, it's it's basically suggests that Patrick Bateman never actually killed anyone, and the murderous actions we see played out merely take place in his unhealthy mind. 
Oh, okay. I, I've never heard that theory before, actually. I, admittedly, I haven't pursued a whole ton of theories about it, but that's interesting. That's a, I could see that being used as a, an interesting framing narrative of like, it's all going down in his head and this is how he kind of continues to live out this normal life. And it explains why everyone is so believed, believably convinced that he is this new person, too. Huh. Yeah, I mean, one of the big things they found out is so early on in the film, Bateman encounters a random woman uh, waiting to cross the street and proceeds to creepily walk alongside her. Mm-hmm. Then in the very next scene, we see Bateman aggressively arguing with the non-English speaking dry cleaners about not bleaching what appears to be bloody sheets. <laughs> you know, he's... Oh, the, the, the classic cran, cran apple sheets. The cran sheets. apple. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> So, I mean, did he really kill someone, or was it really cranberry juice that he spilt on the <laughs> <laughs> Was on it <laughs> cranberry? <laughs> I, yeah, I I just love this mo- how this movie frames his killings, though. I want them to be real. <laughs> they yeah, do such right? a really excellent job of, like, just showcasing the character through it. I don't know. It's, it's a really I, no one's going to argue with me on this that american psycho was a really well done movie but it, it i feel like part of it is because of the narrative that it does have too uh, of yeah. it being somewhat grounded in reality that he actually is going off the rails yeah and so so you said you like the killing scene so which is your favorite the axe murdering scene or the chainsaw murdering scene Okay, the chainsaw murdering scene is just really well executed, and like that whole sequence of him slowly dangling it is just so tension building. I I can appreciate it, but the the axe is good. It's so good, and the way he delivers that monologue, I think that's one of the best monologues that he delivers for like his killings. Oh, by far. When he's talking about like, it's so well performed. Like I. Well, Andy's Andy's yeah. doing the cool thing is I like monologues when they talk, but he was actually doing something. You know, putting on the raincoat. It's like and... going through the process. Like it, it, you can tell it's rehearsed almost. Like it, he he's killed like prepared in his head how he's going to kill this person. Yep, and, yeah. and that kind of leads me into my next question about you know him having different personas. One question that was asked is: Is he even really Patrick Bateman? So through the entirety of the movie, we see Christian Bale's character repeatedly called other names other than Patrick Bateman by various individuals. So he's just living double lives constantly. Yep. I need to watch this movie more attentively, apparently. Yes. I need to go go back and rewatch attentively. <laughs> yep. There should be absolutely no doubt that he truly is who he says he is uh, because of his business card. You know, he kind of passes out the business card that says Patrick Bateman on it. Mm-hmm. But that's just with that peer group, too. It is. It's still so, isolated. Yeah. Well, the other thing is, so Bateman then steps in and says, I'm not Paul Allen. Paul Allen is on the other side of the room over there. Mm-hmm. Then the camera shows us another individual in question who is most definitely not Paul Allen, mm. who's normally played by Jared Leto. Okay, true. Okay. So then the first time we meet Paul Allen, the real Paul Allen, he mistakes Bateman for Marcus Halberstrom. Okay. <laughs> Remember? And it's a mistake he never corrects, so... Oh, shit. I need to go back and watch this. I'm sorry. I, I, th- it's the common thread of our show is I need to go back and watch this again. See, the funny thing oh. is, is I am a very good rememberer. Like, I've watched countless movies, I mean, in my lifetime. I mean, I own about 800 plus discs of movies in my house. I respect that. I, and I, yeah. And I've seen them all. And I mean... This will be kind of a subset of the whole podcast, but one thing I love doing is memorizing. And 
that's why everyone thought I should be an actor because I'm really good at memorization. Yeah. But I could watch a movie twice and pretty much have a lot of the lines nailed down. And it might be because it's funny or memorable or, or well whatever it or is. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. But how my mind works is if I really, really, really like a movie, it just becomes natural. It just clicks. Yeah. Yep. And so, and like you said, you have to go back and rewatch it. I could. <laughs> Oddly enough, I could picture the whole movie in my mind, and that's usually if I really like a movie. If I really, really love you a like movie, the like photograph, American, like, yeah, yeah, like the photographic could, level. <laughs> yes, I could kind of watch the entire movie in my mind as we're as we're chatting. That's cool, man. I wish I could do that. I, I <laughs> hey kids, stay in school and get smart. Like <laughs> I joke, but like I I have such a hard time recalling things that other than like random arbitrary facts. So like when I say that like I watch movies and will look up the people in them, I'll be able to do like that six degrees of separation and like connect you through like movies that I've seen. But but outside of that, I'm so bad at recalling what happened <laughs> in terms oh, of plot. <laughs> that's okay. So so another so another thing, and obviously you might remember, or you might have to see it again. But the lawyer. Okay, so at mm-hmm. the end of the movie, so spoiler alert if you've never seen it, this is why we're doing movies and TV shows and stuff that's over 15 years old, because you've we, got really fair should time. Ha- <laughs> we should have to spoiler alert you. So at the beginning of the episode, if you're like, hey, I think these guys are talking about this movie and I've never seen it, I better watch hey. it first. <laughs> hey, pro tip, you could probably watch it. I've found a way to watch all of these. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the lawyer. Um Patrick Bateman's lawyer has been responsible for most of the confusion surrounding the ending of American Psycho. Mm-hmm. But don't let him fool you. Harold Carr knows exact uh, knows far less about what's going on than you might think. First and foremost, Carnus doesn't even know who Patrick Bateman is. True. I remember that, and that was like super unsettling for me. The fact that like this person he had put trust in misnames him. Yes, yeah. exactly. So he mistakes him instead for Davis and asking him if he's still dating Cynthia. Two characters we've never met. Mm-hmm. And then when Pressy says, Davis, I'm not one to badmouth anyone. Your joke was amusing, but come on, man, you had one fatal flaw. And so Bateman is such a dork, such a boring, spineless lightweight. So that's when he was talking about <laughs> him yeah, in yeah, front yeah. of him because he didn't know who he was. Like just talking open shit in front of, yeah. And then, okay, and then when he realizes that it's all true... Yeah, that hits him a lot heavier. See, and then the big thing was is, and and this kind of goes back to our earlier question of, you know, is the killings in his mind? So Patrick Bateman said that he chopped Alan's fucking head off and liked it, you know. Mm-hmm. But then the lawyer's like, Sim- that's simply not possible. I had dinner with Paul Allen twice in London just 10 days ago. Yeah, and other people were citing him in London for a couple of, like, the, the sorry, Willem Dafoe's character keeps bringing that up, too. Yep, yeah, exa- yeah, exactly. Huh. So, so if you really think about it, you know, it kind of has that twist. Like, is this guy that insane? And it also makes sense, too, because he's narrating, like, self-internal narration, so we're already inside his head. Like, it, it's yeah, like it, his the perception of, the movie, of reality. Exactly. So, like, in the beginning of the movie, when he's doing the mask and the push-ups and getting himself ready to go for the day, you know, it's all self-narration. Like, this yeah. is who I am. Well, and that also explains the I can do a thousand now of the... <laughs> was it put-up, push-ups, or sit-ups? Or, Put, push-ups, yeah, I think. I can do a thousand now. Jeez. <laughs> yep. So, okay. so obviously, 
you know, some of it isn't in his head, obviously. The meetings, like, with his wife, or fiancé, and mm-hmm. like moments of receptionist, and yes, there's, but obviously there's some of it is. So, one of the big ones is when he's at the ATM trying to get money out. Oh, yeah, it, feed it, me it, a the, cat. The, yeah, feed me a stray cat. <laughs> um, so, you obviously do know that he has that altered perception. Yeah. Yep. So, <laughs> overall, I mean, I could probably watch this movie a thousand times and probably never get sick of it, and I'd be qu- probably quoting most of it by my thousandth time. I feel like you definitely have it down at that point, yeah. <laughs> yes, I'm sure I would. But, uh, yeah, I mean, your feelings, I mean, it seems like you probably haven't seen it in a while, and after this episode, you might end up going back and watching Story of it my again. life, I'm going to go rewatch it again. Uh, no, it, it's, it's definitely one of those ones that... I watched it for the first time when I first got into college. I don't remember where exactly, but like it, it was early on in my first year. Um, it, it's always been one that like every maybe once a year I'll just go back to and kind of rewatch and just reevaluate more. And obviously, I'm not doing a good job of that. <laughs> um, yeah. No, I watch movies too passively. I think I need to be a little bit more active in times. But yeah. no, I love it. It's one of those ones that you can always kind of go back to and know it's going to be like a really well done story that like still grips you emotionally and like makes you feel despite how many times you've seen it. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So next on pod this day, we have on the set with Matt McGloshan. Mm-hmm. So this one's actually a really interesting one. I wanted to find someone that would be kind of like specific to American psycho. And so when I scrolled past the title of gun wrangler, I, I for a movie that involves so many murders, I need to know what the gun wrangler was doing. <laughs> Um, but this guy, he's a super interesting, uh, super interesting guy, actually. He did a whole ton to push forward, uh, like, armoring and, and proper gun handling and regulation and stuff. Like, he, he really set standards for being safe, <laughs> which is I kind mean, of weird. <laughs> throughout the whole movie, though, there weren't many guns. No, it's... I mean, did he... Was he, he a weapons he's, handler? He's or a weapons he handler overall. Gun? So he, he does, oh, like, okay. swords, like, armory, anything like that. That axe was probably something custom-built for this, but, yeah. No, he, he does all sort of armoring stuff. But the interesting thing about him, and the reason why I want to highlight him from the set today, is he was actually a resistance fighter in France during the Second World War, and that's where he got a lot <laughs> of his weapons trainings and combat training that led him into stunt work, which led him into being a gun handler. Well, uh, that is yeah. awesome. So he, he, when the Nazis were first invading, he was a resistance fighter. He got captured by the Nazis and was eventually released because he was determined to be not a threat to them. Uh, but he stayed in the French region and delivered water and supplies to like his neighbors and neighboring cities in the region. And like just continued running disruptive tactics against the Nazis throughout the entirety of World War II. And then after that, he moved to to Canada. Oh, he's Canadian. Uh, So he's French French born, but uh, he moved to Canada. And I'm very happy about that, too. (laughs) I'm sure he moved to Quebec just so he could understand the language. Yeah. But uh, no. Is that that, that what he said? Is that where where he moved? He he actually lives in Ontario, uh, where I'm from. Uh, Not the same town, but same kind of region. Well, you yeah. just must uh, know everyone from Canada. Then. Well, it's a, sn- a tight knit community. We're all friends, you know. I got John and Cindy. <laughs> yeah. So, so I guess my I guess I don't know much about weapons handlers or gun wranglers in movies, mm-hmm. but 
I'm sure he's in charge of cleaning them as well. Yeah, it's like cleaning, maintenance, uh, safety, and like proper handling on set. That must have really sucked for this movie. Yeah, honestly, it, it's <laughs> blood and guts and everything else. Well, and with how much gusto some of those killings get into, it'd be hard to try and make sure your actor is staying safe. <laughs> well, exactly. Well, I mean, okay, so World War World War Two, he saw a lot of violence, so I'm sure yeah. it, he was already desensitized to. Oh, he's probably like to the yeah. He he also did a whole ton of movies. I forgot to mention that his history is insane. He did a ton of Harold and Kumar movies. Uh, <laughs> American Psycho to Harold and Kumar. Yeah. Uh, he did what a resume. Dawn of the Dead, RoboCop, uh, X Men, Blues Blood, uh, Blues Brothers, two thousand in the same year as this one. Okay. Uh, he did Police Academy, and if anyone's a fan of um, Keanu Reeves, he did Johnny Mnemonic. Uh, right. the the poor cousin to the Matrix. Um, yes. And of course, my favorite one, which I've never seen before, but I saw on his uh, credit list, and I had to highlight. Uh, he worked on a film called Bone Daddy, uh, and I <laughs> I need never to see it. this now. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that is uh, John Frenchy Berger, and he is he is the armorer for this film. Awesome. Well, that was on the set with Matt McLaughlin. Mm-hmm. All right, so here to finish up uh this day of april 14th we are going to be doing another segment called also on this day so matt i have a list of other things that happened on april 14th all the fun other facts i know first up this one's this one kind of plays into the theme and and stuff of the podcast so uh april 14th uh, 1894 was the first public showing of thomas edison's kinetoscope whoa that's too perfect oh my god i know right that's killer wow man i always forget like to think back about like how did we get to movies it's one of those things that like you really easily take for granted but you someone invented that and did like all of the stuff that we needed for projection and capturing an image and capturing sound later in life like that's that's crazy and of course it had to be you know uh thomas edison oh yeah (laughs) i mean the funny thing is you don't have movies without light and he created the light bulb which goes into the movie projector so without Mm -hmm. him movies i don't think would have ever been it's a lot harder yeah made (laughs) definitely gets more difficult without light (laughs) yes just a smidge all right so out of the movies and into some history Mm -hmm. so um i have first on april 14th was the assassination of julius caesar Ah. in 43 bc you're going deep cuts deep cuts on this one way (laughs) back A two Brutus. I had to go with that one though because my birthday is March fifteenth, the Ides of March. Okay, fair enough. So So it's easy. It's easy. Yes, it 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 kind of comes with me. It's been a fun fact for a while. (laughs) Yes, exactly. So I I had to take that into account. Yeah. With uh, with you know my birthday and everything. So uh, let's see what else I got. Okay, big one, big one. April fourteenth, nineteen twelve. The RMS Titanic hits an iceberg at 11:40 p.m. off Newfoundland and Leonardo DiCaprio and Kate Winslet are in the ocean. No, okay. And they can't one, that share a door at all. And they can't share a door at all. <laughs> there is okay, no so way that, they that can share a door. <laughs> so that did happen in 1912, but the story of that The story that inspired dreaded, that story. Yes. Yes. Was was on April 14th today. How how fun is wow. that? They're <laughs> finding all sorts of fun facts. Fun facts. Fun, fun facts. facts. Fun facts. <laughs> 
<laughs> Sorry. All right. All right. I got one more. One more, and then we'll wrap it up here. Okay. Would you like to know? Would you like to know someone's birthday? Yes, please. Give me a birthday. Okay. I'll hit you with birthday in on April fourteenth, nineteen sixty. Brad Garrett, American actor and comedian from Everybody Loves Raymond, was oh. born in Los Angeles, California today. That okay. I I need to look up Brad Garrett's face because I know <laughs> I've heard his name before, <laughs> but I can't remember what he would look like. And I really? feel like a terrible person for that. I Unbelievable. Alright, you know what? I'm gonna wait, give you another one. Just wait, wait, because... wait, 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 wait. I'm an idiot. I'm an absolute idiot. I'm looking at his IMTB right now, and I'm an absolute idiot. <laughs> Okay. You know what? I'm gonna give you one more. I okay. need a redemption, 4- please. Yes, on April 14th, 1977, Sarah Michelle Geller. Definitely know her. <laughs> born in New York City, New York. Excellent. Okay. Thank all you right. for the redemption I, 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 round. I, yes, I thought I'd give you one more. All right, guys. So that's all the time we have on Pod This Day. Uh, you could find us on our social medias at Pod This Day on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. So make sure you head to those social media sites and like, like us follow and follow and subscribe. us. <laughs> make sure you share with all your friends because we want to make sure that everyone knows what's going on on any given day throughout the year. Stay in the know. Eventually we'll just become a calendar and, and the podcast will become obsolete. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, at some point we're just a calendar and it's automatically updating. <laughs> yes, exactly. You just tear back a day yeah. and... I'll I'll develop an AI that sounds like us, that just records a voice. (gasps) Dude, okay, so you know those day-by-day calendars, right? Yeah. I don't think there's a voice one yet. We should do something for that. Right, so you peel back a day, and then it triggers uh, audio something, and then it's just our podcast for a half hour. Yeah, that could work. I'm going to look into that tech. We could do something. (laughs) TM, 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 TM. (laughs) All right. Um, You guys could hear us on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Podbean. So head to those sites right now and check us out. Get all up on it. Get in there. And we always put it on Facebook for you guys to, you know, listen to. Of course. So until next day, I'm Steven Sklansky. And I'm Matt McGloshan. This has been Pod This Day. Day.